All right, fellow solo role-playing gamers, we're back uh, with Star Wars D6, uh, Session 3. Um, now it's a little bit difficult to determine exactly uh, when an adventure ends. So, uh, like I said last time, I'm out of character points. And, of course, it would be great if the adventure would already be... Uh, at its end because then I would to get uh, some more character points but I determined that uh, even though this is session three this is still all part of the same adventure uh, which consists of delivering the cargo that I'm carrying so as soon as I successfully uh, drop off my cargo or come to some sort of uh, closed story arc I will consider this an adventure and award character points so I'm still out of character points we're in session three and we pick up right after my very um, narrow escape from this space pirate encounter and my arrival in the Tanaka system all right, like I said, the, the Tanaka system is um, yeah untamed wilderness, uh, and it features big game hunting. And um, <clears throat> yeah, because it is untamed wilderness, it's also not very populated. Uh, I uh, pull up my mission files or my my cargo manifest and the. Um, destination that I'm supposed to visit is in the southern hemisphere um, on a tropical continent or a continent with tropical climate and vegetation and there's a small yeah hunting base camp basically it's not more than that who um, which is called Camp Tanaka on the planet Tanaka 3 in the Tanaka system. And this is where I have to go. So as soon as I enter this system, I plot a course to uh, Tanaka 3 and engage my sublight drives at full power. Um, I have to admit, I have already uh, played this session, but I didn't record it because uh, everybody was asleep and... Um, I didn't want to make too much noise, so um, I played this the conventional way on a piece of scrap paper, but I actually like this way of documenting, and since I still owe it to you to finish this session, I will just um, yeah um, recount the narrative, basically, uh, using my notes and the results that I wrote, so everything... Uh, actually already happened but uh, it was all played out so um, as soon as I um, yeah, arrive in the system and plot the course I of course check my scopes to see if there's uh, anything in the vicinity and um, I used Miso again with uh, three options nothing customs inspection or with a very low uh, chance of happening. Uh, the company whose stuff I carry, um, but I don't know that yet, 
they got tipped off and they're waiting for me. And guess what? I, of course, rolled option C, uh, which only had a 1 in 6 chance of happening. So I checked my scopes and I noticed a Lambda class shuttle on an intercept course. Hmm, strange. Uh, they don't seem to be Imperials. They don't have any uh, Imperial transponder signature. But they're still on an intercept course. So um, I yeah, keep a close eye on them and start calculating an escape hyperspace jump. So while I'm still calculating, I'm hailed. And uh, they identify themselves as um, their employees of Cherka Arms, which is um, yeah, uh, a weapons manufacturer, and they inform me that I have stolen property on board and demand to stop my vessel and let them board me to inspect. Well, um, I try to convince them, well, are you sure? Because I'm just carrying outdoor survival equipment and uh, hunting gear. <laughs> I don't have any Cherka Arms merchandise with me. You probably... Uh, um, you were probably mistaking me for some other vessel. You know, there are tons of YT-1300 transports out here. Uh, no, we are pretty sure that it is your ship that is carrying our missing cargo. Um, well, if that is so, uh, we are both in for a surprise because I was not told about any cargo belonging to Cherker Arms. So if, yeah, if I'm carrying anything that belongs to you, it is... Um, or I was conned in it to, to, to carry it. Well, whatever. We need you to stop your vessel now or we will disable it. All right, all right. I think we can work this out. Uh, I Like I said, I had no clue. It's not my fault. So, And I got nothing to hide. So um, just come aboard and uh, check my cargo and you will see. <clears throat> Alright, so uh, I'm really in no shape to fight. So I powered on my vessel and uh, moments later um, a group of uh, uh, three, one uh, corporate official and two corporate security guards uh, are on board my vessel and demand to see my cargo, which uh, I let them do. I comply and escort them to the cargo bay. See, only outdoor equipment. Well, the corporal, uh, corporate official pulls out some sort of hand scanner and checks the crates. And he stops at one of the crates and uh, the hand scanner uh, beeps in, in rapid uh, succession. And uh, he states, well, like I said, this crate belongs to us. We found it. Would you be so kind and open it for us? <laughs> this damn Rodian. He conned me into something. Of course I open it for you. 
So I open the crate and sure enough, after the first uh, yeah, stack or layer of uh, tents and outdoor equipment, there's some um, locked crates used to transport blaster rifles, which bear the uh, Cherka arms insignia. This goddamn green slime sucking son of a bitch. He conned me into something. You know, he only offered me like 2,500 credits to transport this uh, mundane equipment half across the sector. He never mentioned anything about stolen property. I mean, you've you got to believe me here. I will more than gladly uh, comply. I mean, uh, I had nothing to do with it. Uh, I, I can't even tell you who uh, set me up. Um, you can have this stuff. Uh, all right, so uh, out of character, I made some uh, rolls here to uh, persuade them and to uh, con them and uh, to basically fast talk them into believing me that I had uh, nothing to do with it. And since I really uh, didn't know about it, uh, I set the target number at 12 and lucky for me, I rolled a 13. So they believed me and they guaranteed that uh, nothing will happen to me if I hand over this you know, obviously stolen cargo, which I did. And then I wrote if they let me keep the rest of the cargo, which is uh, not the property and legitimate. And I gave it a chance of 1 to 4 on a d6 and I rolled a 4, so yes, uh, so they only took the crate that they came for, that obviously belongs to them, and then they uh, leave me alone and uh, leave my vessel. Whew. That was close. All right, so this guy, he conned me into doing dirty work for him. I mean, I don't mind doing a little dirty work, but then it should be paid uh, as dirty work and I would like to know about it in advance so we we got a score to settle the Rolian and, and me but anyhow <laughs> let's see what the client says that I'm supposed to deliver this uh, cargo to so uh, I continue and contact um, the Camp Tanaka flight control for clearance which I am granted um, and the spaceport in Camp Tanaka is nothing more than a landing field, basically a, a um, paved clearing in the jungle yeah, uh, that uh, is yeah, connected to a small wilderness outpost with only the very minimum of facilities. You can refuel, you can recharge, and that's basically it. Yeah, you can only perform very minor repairs. There's no starport security of any kind. All the ships are just parked on the landing field, like on a giant parking lot. So um, once I uh, set down on the landing field, I contact my contact <laughs> with the comlink uh, to inform him that I have arrived. And sure enough, uh, he seems anxious to get his hands on the cargo. And we make an appointment to meet in one hour on the landing field. 
and he arrives on time. Uh, at this point, I consulted my NPC table to uh, randomly determine a species and archetype or archetype, and it turns out it was a Devaronian assassin. Of course, you couldn't tell at first glance that it's an assassin, it's just background information for me to basically shape the encounter. So a slender Deveronian arrives. He's wearing some sort of um, um, yeah, camo, camo clothing and um, with uh, outdoor boots and uh, utility belt and like I said, camo clothing with a um, camo cloak. And yeah, he basically looks like a big game hunter. Yeah. Um, and uh, he looks over the crates that I have already unloaded and no, wait, 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 wrong. I, I didn't, of course, I didn't unload them. They're already, uh, they're still in my cargo bay. Um, so, um, he um, yeah, inspects the cargo and, yeah, he suddenly asks, hmm, isn't there a crate missing? Looks like, uh, you lost something on your way here. <laughs> I put on a sarcastic smile. Yeah, funny thing that. Now as you mention it, guess what? Uh, T-Bull happened to forget to mention that there was some, let's uh, say, corporate property that must have somehow slipped into the uh, hunting and wilderness gear. <laughs> what do you say about that, huh? Okay, so at this point I um, determined uh, randomly, of course, if the Deveronian uh, still pays me for the delivery. <laughs> Because as a matter of fact, I actually did deliver what I was asked to deliver. I mean, uh, it's not my fault that there was stolen cargo inside. And um, But I only gave it a, um, a 5 and 6 on a d6 chance. So I rolled and he, of course, didn't want to pay. So we had basically... Um, basically a standoff here, a verbal standoff. So he goes like, well, you won't get any money from me. If you're long enough in this business, you should know that I don't give a shit about this outdoor equipment. What I wanted is the crate that is missing. Well, if you wanted the crate that is missing, our employer should have told me about it and I would have taken precautions so that it doesn't fall into the right hands in this place or in this case and the lousy amount of money he pays me 
uh, or he offered me, he hasn't paid, hasn't paid me anything, uh, is actually not worth the trouble. So you won't get the cargo only over my dead body. So at this point, it actually was a, a real standoff. I had my hand on my blaster. I had an angry Deveronian in front of me in my cargo bay. And now we had to, or I had to make an intimidate check. But I determined uh, when I play solo, uh, I do it that I only roll for PCs. And the NPCs, they uh, I set the difficulty uh, depending on how I difficult I think it is. So in this case, I thought it was a difficult task to intimidate this guy, but I used the lower end of the difficulty uh, point range, so it was a difficulty of 16, but I only had 2D because intimidation uh, doesn't go under perception, but under knowledge, and I only have 2D and knowledge. So I rolled an 8 and failed. So he was not really impressed with my uh, yeah, speech, but I was not releasing the cargo, so obviously um, uh, he wanted to uh, yeah, use force. So I, uh, I asked here if he um, wants to use force and I gave it a one in two chance and it was a yes. So I didn't want to release the cargo. I wanted my money. He didn't want to give it to me. So I was going to take it from him. And anyways, um, we were, I started the fight. So the talking was over. So it was time to determine some stats, which I did, and we determined initiative. And this was a close call because I gave him also a perception of 40, which uh, made sense for me, for him being an assassin. And um, so uh, he, he had uh, melee uh, weapons 5D, blaster 5D, dodge 40 plus 2. And but he didn't have any armor, so strength I gave him 3D. Well, anyhow, to make it short, um, it was a very close call 17 versus 18 for me. So basically, um, we were facing each other, and suddenly, he with lightning speed he drew a, a, a vibro blade out of a hidden uh, sheath in his uh, underarm. Uh, it's more like a vibro short sword or vibro dagger with a longer blade, a vicious uh, melee weapon, and uh, he wanted to, to take a quick step forward to slash at me, but I was um, yeah aware and had quick reflexes, so I, I got my blaster out quickly and fired a quick shot from the hip. So... Um, since I got to act first, um, it was only uh, a shot against the static difficulty because he didn't have an opportunity to dodge yet. And uh, it was a very easy shot because we were so close to each other. And so he quickly draws the viper blade and slashes at me, but I sidestep backwards and fire a quick bolt from the hip. And I hit him right in the stomach and he drops 
So, uh, of course, I hit and I got the damage bonus of plus one for the result points. And he resisted with 3D damage against my 5D heavy blaster pistol. And uh, he didn't make it. So this one shot incapacitated him, which I think was actually pretty cinematic. And I was lucky. So since this whole firefight took place inside of my ship, um, I... Uh, checked for good measure remember always give yourself uh, a chance to fail if there were any witnesses or if anybody had noticed anything but that was not the case so um, I decided it would be best not to stick around here just in case anybody asks any questions or misses him and since I obviously uh, didn't get paid yet uh, I had to yeah, make my money by selling the cargo elsewhere. Uh, so I asked for clearance. Uh, here again I gave myself another chance to fail and asked if I got clearance and I gave him or I gave it a one in six chance to fail. But I rolled a six so I got clearance and without wasting any more time I left orbit and plot a course to escape the planet's gravity well to think about what I was going to do next where I go to sell this cargo and I still got the dead or the yeah, probably now dead Deberonian in my cargo hold uh, who's got a blaster bolt in his stomach and uh, so we gotta see about that and at this point I ended the adventure because this seemed like a natural closing point to me and I awarded myself nine character points total, two for getting the job, four for the entire pirate ambush encounter, one for successfully negotiating with the corporate officials and two for the final battle including the uh, yeah, verbal standoff which added up to nine character points total. And, and this is the amount that I got now, nine, because uh, I was at zero. So now I have the dilemma of finding the right balance between improving skills and keeping character points for emergencies. But that is actually what's so fun about the D6 system as well that uh, character points is a universal currency. Um, but I also noticed uh, while uh, recording these sessions that while I'm recording, I'm a little bit more in the narrative and actually the large amount of dice rolls in combat uh, actually started to bother me. So I borrowed or I will borrow from Mini6, uh, if you haven't heard of it. It's an OpenD6 hack which streamlines the D6 system further. Uh, and they have a very neat system called Static Combat, where you uh, roll to uh, hit and you roll to deal damage, but your soak value and your dodge value or your defensive values in general are static uh, static numbers derived from your stats so it's pretty easy you take your die code multiply it by three and add the pips this is slightly uh, below average but in turn it's not affected by the multi-action penalty 
which I think is pretty neat. So if I have like, uh, I got Dodge 6D, which gives me a static Dodge value of 18. So the 18 will replace the basic combat difficulty of 10 and it is modified of course by range. So, but uh, I don't have to roll for dodge anymore. And my soak value will be my strength of 3D times 3, so 9, plus 1D for my jacket, which is also 3. Uh, so I got a soak value of 12. So now if I'm hit, uh, the other guy just has to roll damage and I subtract my soak from the damage, so the 12 and whatever uh, remains is compared to the wound chart and so this is a pretty neat way of reducing the dice rolls and speeding up play um, and i think it's basically a win-win situation because even though you have slightly lower average values and don't have the chance of rolling high with a wild die you also don't have the risk of rolling very poorly and you're not affected by the multi-action penalty. So if I take two shots, uh, that gives me a minus 1d penalty to shoot, but my static dodge still stays at 18. So it's not recalculated every round. It is calculated once using your base values. So I can just highly recommend checking out Mini 6 for those of you who haven't done it already. So this uh, is it for session three, which concludes this adventure. And I am not sure if I will continue to podcast uh, these episodes because it is slightly more uh, a hassle because I really need it quiet around the house. And basically with just using a paper and handwritten quick notes I could play whenever I have like 10 or 15 minutes in between also and uh, so I'm still on the fence about it but I actually enjoy it so maybe uh, I would like to hear what you have to say about it as well so just uh, leave a comment thank you and till next time